What's up, everybody? We got a great show today. Celebs are banding together to save black lives, and Roland Martin goes in on Wendy Williams. All that and more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Uh-oh, Jesse, not, Jesse, you're not giving them the turnaround, though. Jesse giving them the turnaround today. Go ahead, Jay. Kill him. I don't even need to do the intro. You just started. You tell everybody what we watching. What are we watching today? Where they at? Welcome to Black Hollywood Lives this week with your host, Daryl Christian. What up? That was nice. Rachel man. True. What up? Still DJ here. Jesse J. Yo. And Courtney Stewart. Courtney's throwing off on that one. She was but supposed to do it with me. No, because I thought you, no, I thought you were one. talking about like in general, like we all should enter his turning on. I was like, that's ridiculous. And I'm trying to be quiet because he's about to come on. Well, are you going to introduce our guest or you want me to do it? There I go. All right, well. Nobody wanted to participate with me, so. Listen, I tried to participate, but, you know, we have a lot of fun today. Obviously, Jesse, that was a great intro, but our very special guest today, he is a co-writer, he's a director, he's an executive producer of All Out Dysfunction. We have David Bianchi with us today. What's up, Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. That's a hell of an introduction we did, so, you know, thank you for coming in today. That was beautifully done, man. You are very eloquent, sir. Very eloquent. Thank you for joining us today, man. Thank you, Patrick. We got a great show. I'm going to talk to David a little bit later about his project, but first I want to let you guys know some of the topics we'll be speaking about. Uh, one is the video that we spoke about with all these celebrities that are banded together for racism, to fight racism. We have the Starbucks Black Lives Matter, uh, Roland Martin, as we mentioned, versus Wendy Williams. A black employee at Yale gets fired. Donald Trump declines the NAACP, and first African-American female librarian is named in Congress. It's going to be a great show today. Mm-hmm. But first up, we're going to start off with your topics, DJ Jesse J. So we got? came up with the Beyonce because yesterday was the 13th, 13th anniversary of that song. That's how old we are. So wow. <laughs> Let's just sit, let that sit with us. Like five oh. It's been 13, 13 years. years. And it's still the jam, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know come on. Well, Beyonce has uh, come up in another video. So basically, um, this site, Dot Mike, uh, partnered with Alicia Keys, We Are the Movement Organization, and they put this video together, a viral video they took. Uh, it's 23 ways black people have lost their lives to racist violence. Um, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Taraji P. Henson, a whole bunch of celebrities came together and they put this video to signal a lane change. Riding in your girlfriend's car with a child in the back. Running to the bathroom in your own apartment. Selling cigarettes outside of a corner store. Riding a commuter train. So the video had gone viral uh, before putting all these celebrities together. It was just originally one of the journalists from uh, Mike. However, they partnered with Alicia Keys, got a whole bunch of celebrities together um, to just be able to give it a bigger platform and and, and kind of a a bigger push. Um, It's gone viral. People are taking to it, and people are starting to now create more videos like this. So... And we're actually going to be doing our own set of videos for Black Hollywood Live as well, so look out for those. But I'm going to be honest with you, Jesse, when I saw this today, it, it just, you know, I didn't realize how emotional I, I really was going to get about it. But I think just watching how many cases that have been just just been wrong for black people and, and just overall and just how innocently things can happen where, you, like they were saying, you could 
just be walking with a friend or you could just be sitting in a car or you could just be pulled over for a, a license plate. It is insane to me, you know, that that it takes a video like this for people to really start to pay attention to this. You know, I think it's great for celebrities to be involved in this. It's going to help out a lot of things. But I, I hope there's more and more videos of this because this is the only way that this message is really going to get out there. And I think that, unfortunately, people only a lot of times listen to celebrities and, and, and that type of thing when this is happening to just your common people every day. And, uh, you know, I hope that this does make a change that we see in, on, on more of a continuous basis. And shout out to the ESPYs because that the they, yeah, was, the opening man, they, was yeah, very strong so and Carmelo and all that. Great, great job. It so, was. It was a great call to action. Yeah, and I was <clears throat> saying when I first moved to Los Angeles in the 90s, it was a month after the riots and there was sort of this agreement with everyone, black and white, we just don't talk about race anymore. We don't talk about that because... Uh, and it was the weirdest thing uh, that it's taken this many years um, to to have dialogues and have this out there. And the thing that's uh, always struck me the hardest with any of these situations that they're talking about, how you can be killed mm-hmm. if you're black, those are just the people we know of. Uh, there's so many other people who've been killed in circumstances like this who are yeah. buried on the side of the road or we don't know. We never we heard their know story. Um, <clears throat> and it could be any of us that's in so this scary. room. Any of us in it this could. room. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a really, really somber topic, and it's, it's you know, by the grace of God, we're in a position where nowadays we have media that can perpetuate the message, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not like this is a new thing. I mean, this has been going on since, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. It's just that we're at a point now where it's becoming a little bit more visual, and I think that as a people, we're becoming a little more unified and we're a little more aware. So um, the rising of what we're doing right now, these sort of videos, you know, uh, celebrities stepping up and sort of endorsing the message and trying to create awareness is really, really important. But let's not forget, like, this is not new shit, folks. No, right. it's not. Nothing new sure. about this, although I will say about this video, I'm glad they included some um, uh, Caucasian people. <laughs> you sure. know, yeah. I think it's great that uh, Alicia uh, Bono and a high-profile, because I've always said, when I try to dialogue with my white friends, and even they're super liberal, but they don't, are not going to hear it as clearly from me as they right. will from their peer, what right. they consider their peer, someone else who's white. Right. So it, it is imperative that white people who are liberal have this conversation among themselves. Well, it's really funny you say that because our sister or brother network will be considered as After Buzz TV, which is our basically our parent company. And several of our Caucasian staff members, we had gotten into a discussion earlier this week about something <laughs> similar where uh, we had a situation where our... If, Thank you guys for letting us know that you, that yes. our site was down, but our site had crashed earlier this week, and there yeah. was a lot of concern about what happened. Is the network over? But one of the biggest things was that it was through Google, and you know the mistake that happened had you know we changed it and everything was fine. But my staff members were really upset by it, and they were I mean it was like angry white man in Black Hollywood Live Studio, and they were coming <laughs> seriously, and they were coming at me like, why aren't you angry? Why aren't you upset about this? The site is down, and and I, I said, you know what, listen. I, we need to find a solution, first of all. But I am angry. But you know what? I said, I'm glad that you guys are angry because now you understand all the sh- stuff that goes on with us. That You know, I would be angry every day if I get mad at every single thing that happens to a black person that is unjustified. And, you know, whether it's the website, whether it's just things in life. And, and it was funny. It was like a epiphany that happened for them. And they both looked at me and were like, Did they wow, have that moment? We get it. They we did. Get it. They, they, they were like, we get it. Like, you know, we white privilege is real. They even said, they said white privilege is real. Oh, wow. And, and, and anger is only as good as the emotions that manifest. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the problem is, is that, right, there's a lot going on right now sociopolitically with the black culture, but the problem is that we're so angry we're not able to put ourselves in a position like you did yeah. to mm-hmm. sit back and reflect on what we're going to do about the issue. 
as opposed to just being reactionary. Right. Because right now it's just a lot of reactionary behavior. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, is justified, but, but very true. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I have to say I, have a lot, I follow a lot of animal ac- activists on uh, social media and um, F you to the ones who didn't say a word about the things that have been going on uh, with minorities and black people in the last couple of weeks. Seriously, I care about the baby seals and I care about everything you're tweeting about. But the fact that you people stayed fucking silent when people were murdered in the streets is unforgivable. Thank you. All right, listen, we can end the show on that. There you go. <laughs> Show's there over. There that goes. So, uh, but maybe you want to, you know, how, how can you find a little way in your community to make a little bit of a change? Well, some people think they might have done so. Uh, they've been going to Starbucks. And this. apparently, uh, when they go to Starbucks, they've been asking the uh, barista to write has- their as their name, or on your app, you can change your name to hashtag Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and so that way, the barista has to yell out, Black Lives Matter? Yeah, but how many ways are there for a barista to screw up Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Like they can't even smell like Mike. So how are they going to spell Black Lives Matter correctly? Blah matter, blamage. Well, and what's whack too is the barista's all blast. So he's yeah. got to put it out there because if he's like, well, Black actually, Black like, yo, what's who are you fucking racist, bro? You spit it out. You would think that. However, so apparently this has been going on and everyone has been participating and they're loving it. But there is this one Starbucks in New York where the supervisor actually uh, refused to say that, asked the person to step aside um, and when they were ready to give their actual name they would call it and when they said, well, why? He said, "Um, Starbucks does not take a stance on race. Um, didn't y'all have hashtag race together last year? Right, so yeah. I'm trying to figure I, I'm out. I'm shocked he didn't change it to like all lives matter, frankly. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, really honestly, like, left don't, don't, do that. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. talk, talk to them about the black people that are actually picking the coffee beans. Ooh. Right. Preach on, David. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that that guy needs to um, check his manual again. And I do. I mean, if you guys. That's it, crazy. It is crazy, and it is crazy that they're, everybody, the white people are trying to classify black lives matter as a terrorist group that's insane it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard um, you know this country uh, has changed a lot through social protest and that's what Black Lives Matter is doing well you know that's an interesting point because America as we know it is based on protest right exactly right. Boston Tea Party that's my point from, right, right from day one nation, everything that we have participated in the evolutionary process of where we are right now Amen. has to do with protest it is yeah. the uprising of the people you know, so we have to do that to be Americans. <coughs> That's what makes us American. Yeah. Funny you should say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Because our next topic is why we weren't really Americans for so long and why the white folks are having such a hard time with it right now. Mm. So I'll, I'm just, I'm, are Actually, you done just anyone yeah, on your toes or what have you? Girl, but yeah, so stories of that. we <laughs> talked about, well, did we, we didn't actually, we talked about it a little bit with uh, Kim Whitley, I think, yeah, last week on cool. Portraits. Check her out on our website. Great interview. But uh, so last week, Wendy Williams got basically slammed because she said some very unfortunate comments on her show regarding HBCUs and the NAACP, essentially wow. saying that um, she basically like leaned back in her chair and was like, well, if I was a white person, I would, you know, think it's a little strange that HBCUs have to still be around. Like, historically black colleges, you don't see, if I see historically black colleges, like, why aren't there historically white colleges? Mm, and then she said, why black people... Uh, 
can't, um, or why white people can't, you know, National Association, National, she couldn't even say what it actually was. It's the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People. She just said the National <laughs> Association of Colored People. Um, and so, of course, she got a lot of flack for it. She got dragged across Twitter backside, took a wig <laughs> off, threw it across the street. Like, they tore her up on Twitter. She talked about it every day. Um, <laughs> they tore her up on Twitter, and then Mr. Roland Martin went in on Wendy on yeah. his show, uh, News One Now. You and do he do not want to go toe-to-toe with Roland Martin. No. You do not want to do that. He so knows his facts. He snatched her bald after they already took her wig, and he essentially <laughs> went through a history lesson as to why <laughs> everything that she said was so wrong and basically told her to shut the hell up and read a book. No, and he, stop. Liter- he literally said he that. He told her to shut the hell up <laughs> and maybe read a book instead of reading all the gossip <laughs> magazines. So, that aired the very next day, which actually we talked about. I was wondering if she was going to react to it or if she was just going to ignore it or whatever. The next day on her show, she came on the show and she said that she basically had a conversation with Roland because she knows Roland and that he will be on the show next week. So, Roland came on the show this morning and they sat down together. And actually, surprisingly, I actually personally thought it was like much, you know, more calm and respectful than I thought it was going to be. On on her side. No, I thought on both sides, actually, because I I don't feel like he, whatever. He had already gone in on her. He didn't need to do anything else. So I thought it was soft. I thought it was a little soft. It wasn't as many fireworks as I expected, but she did. She came out of the gate apologizing. She straight up said, you know, I'm a soldier. I can be real. I can be honest. And I can say I'm sorry. I have no problem with that. She said she was sorry. And she said, she basically handed him the mic and said, I'm sorry for everybody that I offended and for not having the knowledge. Roland explained to them the knowledge that I don't have. And he went through a history lesson for those of y'all that don't know. The country was founded on slavery back in 1693, I think it was. So the slaves <laughs> came over here. We, I mean, people might not. People, apparently, Wendy Williams didn't know, girl. <laughs> and she went to college. But hold on. His biggest point, which was fast, actually very, I, I, the way he articulated I thought it was really, really well done. So Genius. he goes through the course of history, you know, then so revolution fought over the potential of slavery, not what we think it was. Um, and then went on to the Civil War, Emancipation Proclamation. Of course, there was Reconstruction, where we thought we was going to get some rights, and we still didn't get no rights. Because we thought we was going to get our mules and our acres, but we didn't get that either. We still weren't people, even though we had been emancipated But we did get slaves, de facto segregation. Which and- is what came with Jim Crow when Reconstruction <laughs> ended in 1877. And then he talked about how basically it wasn't until the Civil Rights Act of 66 that changed anything. Yeah. And he said, essentially, black people have not actually been people in this country or considered Americans in this country, maybe not until 1970. Which is yeah. the second ago in time. And 40 years ago, 40 years basically. Ago. 40 years ago. This is second in the drop of time. time. So it was absolutely no time, and the very idea that you would think that we are somehow beyond race in this country is a joke. So for all of y'all out there, especially Fox News, because I've been watching y'all a lot, <laughs> check yourself. So anyway, so he just checked her basically with the history lesson. It was very well thought out very nicely put and I thought that she received it well and it's earth shattering though that Wendy Williams who is an educated woman went went to to Northeastern University not Northwestern Northeastern could be so detached from reality you know what I mean like even if she grew up upper middle class or whatever she is to be so detached (laughs) from the reality of uh, people in this country is weird and also black colleges they're not they allow in white people well see that was was the thing she she had to check herself the next day because she was like 
like, yeah, my dad went to HBCUs. I didn't want it to seem like I don't appreciate HBCUs, right. but I just didn't like the idea that, like, if I were a white person, I would look at that funny. And it's like, but, but it's well, not, white people have always been able to go to an right, HBCU. That's right, which is a huge, super important yeah. thing. So that's why I was like, when she was saying there's no reason, what do you mean? We're, oh, we should fold up the university that's been here for 100 just because? Yeah. That's insane. And especially right now when HBCUs are in serious trouble. Yeah, I want to chime in on this because there's a sure. very, very gray line as, as, as public personalities and entertainers that we have to kind of walk because sure. none of us here, I, I don't know your guys' background, but myself, I'm not an authority on any of this shit. Right. Mm-hmm. All this is opinion. And I and I get full of my opinion from media and press and different different forms of information. So in the case of Wendy Williams, she has to be cautious in terms of how she creates the controversy to her show. Well, and I think it's and, not, it's and not so much came, about... He came in and... Yeah. He's an expert in that field. And he's an expert in that field, yeah. but I also think it kind of goes back to what he was even saying. He said, if, you, if you're if you on TV and you don't know your facts, I think what it was is not what she said or how she delivered it. It's the fact that she just didn't know what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to deliver something like that or be controversial, at least have some bullet points to back up what you're saying. And she did not have that. It's very Stacey Dash of her to say all that. And well, I, mean, I mean, Donald and Trump is a GOP. You see what that's that's true. I, it's funny because like I, I'm not the person. I didn't jump on Wendy like everybody was thinking because I just was like... I just thought she sounded mm. ignorant. No, I thought she didn't. I thought her, she didn't actually make a, a point. Like, the sentence didn't right. make any sense. Like, yeah. it didn't make any sense. So I just couldn't even... I was like, girl, I don't even know where... I don't think you knew where you were going, so I'm going to just let that go. And the fact that she came back and at least would apologize, like, all right, right, girl, work with it. But at the same time, it's one of those things that I feel like there's... <coughs> how do I say this kindly? <laughs> this is BHL. You don't have to say it kindly. No, because I want to be respectful. But she intelligence is not common. As we would like to think in this country, Ooh. and and I don't I don't mean to say that as a, as to be an elitist or anything like that. We aren't a country of intelligence people. is not common, or our education system is shite. Are we talking I think about it's a combination it's of both. Is that America in general or black? People? I'm thinking no. America in general. America actually, in general. Have you not I, talked I, to lots of dumb white people? Because I have. Oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, we 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 don't read as we should. We don't that's question saying, as we should. I, it's a, I think it's a part. I think education is a part of it, but I think that's a part of it. It's not the whole no, picture. No, you're right. You're right, because girls like me who read a book a day were made fun of by the exactly. other kids for actually being interested in reading a book yeah. a day. Uh, so what's that about? I don't know. What does that mean? Know. And so I just feel like she is only a further representation of what we're doing, which is why Donald Trump is even running for president right now and why it's working and why he's neck and neck with Hillary and all the well, swing like, states but, right now. Because we're not. We, we feed off off of emotion and our opinion and what our thoughts, but we don't educate ourselves to give those opinions in the way that we maybe I'm, should. I'm sure nobody here is leaning towards Trump or Trump in this room, but the New York Times... What are you talking about? I love <laughs> had a really good article yesterday about uh, Donald Trump and the stats and the people yeah. he retweets and the, the... Yeah, it was a really great really article good. about, you know, the number of mm-hmm. racist organizations that a third of the people who follow him follow white power organizations right. yeah. um, and that he retweeted a stat that 81% of white people killed were killed by black people. That's stat is more like 15, not 81%. So, um, I, again, I'm, 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 I'm preaching to the choir because nobody here is voting for him who's watching this show, but it's insane that he can get away with that and not be checked by other news organizations. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean... Um, one thing I also appreciated, back to kind of what Roland was saying to Wendy, is the fact that he, he really focused on the education factor with just that. That's He feels like that's the main issue of just a lot of things that are going on in the world is the, the difference of the educational system and, and hierarchy of that. And uh, what I did appreciate, though, is at the end when he and Wendy had the moment about talking about, she said, I have a son. He's yeah. in his teens. He's an African-American man, obviously. How do I get him... 
you know, what do I tell him growing up? What do I do? And and Roland said, your responsibility is to get him home safe. Whatever you need to do to get him home safe, meaning, you know, if you're out and something happens, you don't need to be getting involved or you don't need to do certain things that will jeopardize your life yeah. outside of your control. But your responsibility as a parent is to get your son home yeah. safe. He essentially said, maintain your dignity, take maintain it. Maintain your dignity. But call somebody when it's over. Call somebody when so it's over. So it's a very yeah. produced segment. Um, I, mean, I don't know if I thought that way. I, I would say good. with my no, knowledge no. of the show, it was not a very produced segment. No. Really? So it was a genuine conversation? I think it was, I think it was a genuine, genuine conversation. conversation. I think Wendy genuinely felt like maybe this is not my lane and I wasn't She educated. backed off her she lane. She backed off her she lane. She was like, In it's fact, not my he, lane. When he was going at her, she even... Just she sat was back and sitting took there it. with her she eyes. She was like, you know what, you're good. right. I want her to, but I that. want her to be asking the questions that ignorant people would try to fight back with. Right. You know what I mean? Because she saying. has such a huge platform that I'm act very happy that she brought him on the show to give this type of information. Because most people watching Wendy Williams probably don't know. But here's the thing, do they even care? I mean, it's a gossip show. That's why, show. And that's why I'm asking that nice it's not produced. Day, if it was like a conversational, I feel like then they would be interested. But if he's going to come out and pa- she passed the mic. I mean, it's a 10-minute segment. Right. I think they got in what they, they got in what they could. could and yeah. what was good. Yeah. What they got in was good. And I you bring up a good point, you know, with the idea is do people really want to know? Because the idea ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah, sure. And, and, and complacency makes you just as guilty Absolutely. As the next person. Sure. So, you know, the, the conscious thinking of the African-American person, I think, in today's society is fueled by the media just as much as white people are fueled by Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are not as educated as they think they are. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys probably already covered this topic on a week I wasn't here, but I was shocked with the Azalea Banks video just because, I mean, when I was growing up, like bleaching your skin and being so forthright and her comparing oh, it to, yeah. well, you wear a weave, why can't I bleach my skin? I thought, oh, the, the, uh, the self-hatred is so deep here. It's still so deep here. That's what I learned from that I'm video. I'm going to send that you an interview of her. Self-hatred. Oh, that's not, a whole not all of ours. I know. So talk about it beginning, beginning the, show. the house Negro complex. Right. Right, yeah. But it's it was upsetting to me because there's a girl with a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful skin color, and why would you want to turn it gray? Because when you're totally told that you're beautiful, beautiful I know, skin color, which is a topic for another day. But the thing I want to say to people who are out there it's bleaching their skin you because over and you over. think you're going to be more beautiful, it turns your skin gray and thinner, which means you'll wrinkle a million times sooner. So all that black down crack won't apply to you if you bleach your beautiful skin. Tis true. Tis true. Reach on. Next all topic. Right. Sorry, right. I keep interrupting with non-topics. Do not no, bleach your skin, guys. Do not bleach your skin, but maybe break a window if you feel so inclined. I was not mad at this man. I was not mad at him at all. So, in the news this week, guys, there's a guy by the name of Corey Minifee who was working in a dining hall at Yale University. Um, in this particular dining hall, is uh, there are lots of uh, stained glass windows. One in particular depicted a... Uh, <laughs> Artistic. <laughs> artistic. I was, I was waiting to see how you were going to intro that. Artistic. That's the word. It, it depicted. So, so you know, like I was like, okay, stained glass. I've been to Yale. Like I used to go to Yale for debate tournaments all the time and saw some weird shit. But I was like, all right, this you one ne- I never actually you never saw. saw that I didn't one? go in this Think hall. Think of all the time it makes to ta- to make a stained but glass too. Stained like glass? some motherfucker was like, like staining this shit for months. I was thinking <laughs> when I was reading this was what happened to Jesus or <laughs> like crosses <laughs> and cruises. Yeah. Let's fight over Jesus and yeah. Christianity. Yeah. Like. You got the slaves pushing the bales of cotton so, right. but, but, on your stained glass window. But let's say the pre- wasn't it one of the presidents or found 
It wasn't the founder, but it was someone who was Johnson a president. Johnson Calhoun. Right, well, yeah. Um, who uh, definitely was all the way down for the slavery. <laughs> right. Was very down on slavery. Uh, um, big at Yale. They have a memorial He, for he has a memorial, and they actually um, had, they had a, a, a petition last year to try to get Johnson Calhoun's names taken off of these major uh, buildings in at the university, which did not go through. But anyway, so Corey Menefee just one day, he was like, I'm tired of looking at this. And he broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? He said, I can't do it no more. I can't be and mad wait, at him but, either. I get it. Like, spirit came up in him and he was like, I will take well, this no, down. The story says he actually climbed yeah, up. Yeah, like, oh, like, he wasn't blamed. Yeah, he, wasn't, he, wasn't he, he was up there. He's, He's like, like, I'm done. Right. Let, let, so I'll give you Corey's quote, just so y'all are fully aware of how it went down. He said, quote, I took a broomstick and it was... It's not funny, but like, I, mean, funny. I didn't jump it's that broom. He said, I took that broom. I took a broomstick <laughs> and it was kind of high, and I climbed up and I reached up and I broke it. He said, "Quote, it's 2016, y'all. I should not have to come to work and see things like that. That thing's coming down today. I'm tired of it." And uh, to the university's slight, very, very slight credit, they're not pressing charges. He resigned. They won't. Yeah, he yeah, resigned. They, 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 they were going to press charges. They're not going to press charges. Or they're not going to make him pay to replace it. And well, yeah, because then they, they are going to out. not yeah. have it have the slaves right. on it they're anymore. Going. And they said that was after. That was not to endorse what Mr. Menifee did, but after having an intense conversation with some <laughs> committee, they determined that perhaps having slave pictures on their windows was a bad idea. Y'all had to have a committee meeting to realize like, oh, you know what? This made this man so mad he found a ladder, a broom, climbed up this bitch, almost put somebody in harm's way, and lost his... He didn't even give a fuck that he ain't gonna have a job tomorrow. No. No. But y'all were gonna take the time and the effort to recreate another stained glass. Like, you had to have a committee about that. let Let me pose a question because because it's like, kudos to the movement, right? Because of the chaos that's going on socially politically right now, he felt that he had taken it upon himself to break that glass. That ain't the first time he's seen him. I love that you just said he's that. He's been seeing shit yeah. forever. He's right. been so, right. since so kudos to the movement. Now, with all that being said, does, does that paint us in the best light where you are going hmm. to destroy historical property to no, make a statement? I don't know. I'm just putting Yale it out there. I mean, I to take it, had Yale taken that out sooner, that panel could have been put in a slavery museum or somewhere or something sure. like that and said this is what was popular at the time. Just a question. Could yeah. have been put somewhere. So obviously you're playing a little Does bit it? of devil's advocate sure. here. A little bit. Because the dangerous thing is when he broke it, it did fall on the street. It fell on the street. And it could have hit somebody. somebody. It could have somebody. Really somebody. Really somebody. That's terrible. And no, it does not paint us, I don't think, in a great no. light. But I think at times that is the point. Because when we've tried, because don't get me wrong, I, I grew up in Atlanta, so there's a whole lot of slave memorabilia all around the place all the time and you grow up seeing these things as if there's something we are also supposed to be exalting on a certain level and I think that the idea that when people try to do it just like they tried to do the petition to remove this name last year and you're constantly told hell no like he he's our historical figure yes he was a historical figure but he also was a historical figure of oppression for my entire group of people and you don't receive that from us in any type of way as anything positive things like this are going to happen. Right. I, I may have just said I accidentally did it. I was trying to clean well, that, no that far left corner <laughs> he of the window and he I accidentally accidentally just started to snake picture. He on the scaffolding. You know, like, I was just, you know, I was stretching with the broom I decided and I to help accidentally the window threw cleaners. it and hit the damn 
glass and broken it's shit. It's a mess. It's a mess. But, but it's so funny because it's like we sitting here talking about uh, Wendy Williams and no black colleges, and you got this going on. Like, uh, well, the, the idea that she said there are no historically white colleges, if that ain't proof that there's a historically white college, I ain't ever seen proof. Like Slave owners that, on the buildings and... But it's slaves a, in the and it, but it keeps going with well, that me, debate me, with the f- Confederate flag and all of that stuff as to whether or not these artifacts of our past deserve to be displayed in current spaces of living or do they solely a, belong put in, them in a museum because you remind people never forget just like right. uh, Jewish people say yeah. never forget right. so to erase all these things I'm not sure is exactly the right thing but to leave them up where new students are coming in and have to look at that and then that small it makes them smaller just right. a little bit smaller right. yeah, I think this is is a very important comment that was a comment I was going to make is that whether we like it or not at the end of the day ideologically this is American heritage it is and that America is the great nation that it is on the backs of African American slaves yes so we can't forget our heritage because we all know that most black history is untold yes that's true so I think that there's that's what I'm saying never forget so don't necessarily destroy all these things put them somewhere we can remember what what horrific things or choose to go to to remember not like not see it every day cafeteria looking up like his impression. Yeah, because I almost feel like when it's, like, because the argument that it should be on display, like, this building, John C. Calhoun's wealthy riches have built these buildings, and that's why these things are still there. Seeing black slaves pushing cotton on a window for however many years it's been up there, doesn't that just completely dilute the actual idea of what slavery really was? Right. And it only continues to feed the narrative. Well, I mean, I'm obviously, I don't think you guys would disagree. It continues to feed the narrative that that's not something that's... It was a big deal, but not really, because we can still like just put it up there, and people are looking at it every day, and it's a picture, and it's fine, and it wasn't fine. No, there's a reason, very dark. There's a reason Disney and Warner Brothers and all those cartoons got rid of the racist images that proliferated their stuff for years and years. Tom yeah. and Jerry. And all of them, all of them, all the, of them. Because it's subliminal messaging, it. and you're like, wait, Tom so and Jerry was racist. Partially, right. it's right. capitalism. Right. It's just pure capitalism on their part to get rid of these images, but it's also because they realize it doesn't have a place in today's world. Yeah, um, yeah so. and if you look at the image, I mean, that's an Instagram of slavery, right? When people yeah. put up the Instagram, they put up the highlights. Nobody puts an Instagram of them throwing up on Monday yeah. morning or whatever. So that's really an were Instagram they, they, of slavery. Like, were, there's no lashings in that thing. No. I wonder if the Even slaves their clothes were, were intact. Like, right. they were the was balanced. They were fully dressed. Like, they weren't, like, tattered clothing. Like, right. they... It, it was gone with the wind. It was, it was, it was like the saints. It was gone with the wind. They were house slaves? No, I mean, no, they were in the bills of cotton, the but bill. they look real too good. Because if you carry in the cotton, yo, I have picked cotton. That's a different episode. They don't look like that. You ain't gonna look like that picking cotton. No way in hell. Not in the not in the southern heat. The squeak of it. I feel like the squeak of cotton freaks me out, and it's probably like a collective consciousness slave memory. Like I got, I got. I don't know. Cotton picking. Well, then I must be black too, because it irks the. Yeah, I'm just saying. Girl, second grade, they passed around a cotton plant. Like here, guys. I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> yes, they did. I hope he gets a job soon, oh, sir. So I think he has good yes, and did. a higher paying job at that. Right. That'll be, yeah, that'll really Good luck, Corey Menefee. Power to the people, brother. We support you, brother. Make a, dem- a demolition. Uh, Next time, just say it was an accident. We support you, though. All right, we're going to move on to our EUR, EUR Web Story Spotlight of the Week. 
Mm. Ewar Webb Spotlight <laughs> Story of the Week. There it came. There it came. All right. Uh, I don't even. This this is not a surprise. This story here that I'm about to talk about. Uh, Mr. Trump. Um, you know, we obviously know that uh, he's been very outspoken with um, Black Lives Matter and Obama and a lot of things that are going on. Which I would think logically he would accept an invitation by someone like the NAACP to come on and express his viewpoints that he puts out in really? the media everywhere else. Doesn't he want to talk to the blacks? Doesn't he want to talk to the black folks? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm Just fucking well, play ball, you fuck. <laughs> I'm like, where are you guys reading this from? Exactly. But apparently that's not the case because the NAACP chapter uh, have, is having their annual meeting that's taking place in Cincinnati, Ohio next week. They invited Mr. Trump to come out and give a speech and to kind of back up some of the statements that he's been making. And guess who denied that uh, invitation? Uh, Mr. Trump himself, who will be in Cleveland. He, he's, I was going to say he in Cleveland he, for the Cle- convention I, I'm next from week. Ohio. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. It's a, it's, you can pop it's over not, there, brother. You can pop you can over pop there real over quick there. and pop back to where you need to be, but he doesn't feel that way. Um, he is changing the rules, actually. In 2000, he's actually changed the course of Republicans um, not coming to the NAACP meeting because uh, Mitt Romney, in 2012, he actually went to the convention, which was in Texas, and addressed things um, that he was speaking about. So this is what... Uh, NAACP's Cornell Williams Brooks told CNN about Mr. Trump's decline. Mr. Trump has declined our invitation. The explanation was given that the Republicans are holding their convention at the same time. We, of course, in, we are, of course, in Cincinnati. They are in Cleveland. We are hoping that he would make the short trip from Cleveland to Cincinnati. That's not the case. Brooks was says he was disappointed by Trump. Um, uh, Sorry, just lost where I was reading. Okay, he said he was disappointed by Trump's announcement, saying it was a missed opportunity for the real estate mogul to respond to recent problems between law enforcement and the African-American community. He said, I will simply say this. The NAACP represents an occasion for those running for president to speak at the nation's most critical issues at a critical hour in this country. You can't run for president and not talk about police misconduct. You can't run for president and not talk about the issues. He already did, though, (laughs) y'all. Didn't y'all hear his response to the drama last week? He wow. said, I will restore law and order. Oh, okay, the SBU, sit down. <laughs> but that here's was the thing. Here's the thing I didn't know we were at martial law. To back, up, to back up that New York Times article, they do mention that one of the heads of one of these super white power racist groups was like, thank you for the wink and the nod by not, dis-, you know, when he's like, I disavow. But he doesn't really say what or how or mm-hmm. where. So by retweeting those people, they're taking that as literally Trump giving them up. I'm with you. Right. So for him to go, and, and maybe he is, because for him to not go speak at the NAACP kind of confirms to them, I'm with you, white power people. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not even going to be bothered to go here. Right, it's that's, not even important enough to That's do right. Yeah. So that's how I take that sign, to be honest, to let his white, because I lived in New York City, but also in upstate New York, very, very poor white people, dirt floors, the poorest of the poor, who are all backing Trump, right. um, and that he wants to let them know that, no, I'm still your man, I'm still, I'm still White. Yeah, but see, I, 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 when you say that, that makes sense. But to me, he was just scared. And he's afraid of them going in. On yeah. That. Oh, to me, that's, that's, yeah. To me, it's pure out of fear. And, he, and I feel like he'll get there, he, and he doesn't know. You don't think he's? He I don't think he's, he's afraid not prepared to at answer. All. He's not. He's not afraid. At all. He's he is very. He is fully aware that there is almost nobody in that room, and that's going to vote for him. Any, no matter what he's, because he's already put out there what he is and what he's going to do, and it is not in alignment with so most of the people in that room. So why play that game? Why give the press the opportunity to pull? Anything he's smart as 
Yeah, as, why alienate as much the of an asshole as he is, he is smart as shit, and he is not confused at all about what he's doing or why he's doing it. And that was on purpose. And he knows exactly because he hell would he's really doing. go there and make a stupid ass statement that would go viral everywhere. And but then he makes stupid ass statements. But it's not to always, their faces. No, but it's in alignment with what he is saying he is about. It doesn't matter how stupid we think it is. It's aligned with what he has laid out and what he's planning and what he wants to do, or at least what he's saying he wants to do for the country. I mean, overall, in true Trump fashion, this is braggadocious, yep. this is cocky, this is arrogant. Yeah, I don't, for yeah. him to be the presumptive GOP nominee, potentially president of the United States of America, to step up in the public forum and say, you know what, the NAACP is beneath me. Yeah. I don't have time for you when I'm 500 fucking miles away. So fuck y'all niggas. This is what I'm doing. And what's more troubling about that is that if this cocksucker becomes fucking president, imagine how he's going to treat foreign nations. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, he's going to come through with his little hands, going to wag his little fucking pink dick at motherfuckers, and he is going to destroy a lot of things on a global scale. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox. No, but, listen, however... It's all good. It, it, it is, at the end of the day, a very disgusting slap in the face to not only the African-American culture, but minorities in general. And progress is a slap in the face to evolution. Just follow a script. I think that the cocksucker is so used to just coming off the cuff. He didn't know how to follow a script because he wants to tell us what's up with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the, the well said. Amen. Well said. Just because he I brought imagine. it up, uh, y'all should go online. For those of you that actually are voting, and those of you not voting but maybe need to vote, go online and actually read these platforms because the Republican National Committee has set out their platform. Go read it, y'all. <laughs> not to get, get it. I'm just saying, go read it. It, they, it, it. It's online. They break it down. Like you don't have to read. It's a lot. It is long. I promise you. And I know people will go online and be like, I don't want to scroll. Just scroll through the shit. It has freaking headlines and like browse it. It should be a requirement it that was, if you're going to read gossip, you should have. You should to, have, you have to, to like read one, like a paragraph of right. news. Yeah. And I'm not access that gossip. True, and it will click right to it. But just, I'm not saying just the Republican committee. Read the Democrat one too, because that one is real interesting also. But the Republican National Committee's uh, platform is really going in a very different direction than it has in the past. It has rewound all the Where would they be able to look that up? All the way back. You can just go online and Google Republican National Committee platform. Courtney, give us like two things from it that you, like two things. Well, they're definitely trying to restore natural marriage. So for those of you that, even though the Supreme Court just ruled... uh, well, meaning rolling back every rolling gay back rights, any, any, any gay, gay rights, rights that have If you gay, like that. if you LGBTQ, they ain't even trying to be a little bit for you. Like not even a little bit. Like we already we we like to accept that you know the Supreme Court. Okay, they have finally spoken. We finally have across like what we're gonna do with this marriage thing. Hitler. Just kidding. Did you hear Trump say I will I will replace people like Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg because she made Supreme the comment and replace them with uh, yeah, people yeah. who yeah. are you know for the right laws. You can what are you gonna do? Kill her? That's the first thing Trump. I thought. You can't replace her. She's a, they're there for life. What are you going to do? Knock her off so you can put in some conservative people? Read it, Joe. Maybe. Just Check go read out. it. Just the only thing that's going to help us in the Democratic side is the fact that there's so much infighting in the GOP that it's starting to look like a farce right. at the end of the yeah. day. I mean, they, they are literally attacking at each other's ankles. And Donald, I mean, have you ever walked in a room and you know nobody in the room likes you? No. That, I ain't never. How does he sleep at night? He, he doesn't Peace care. Peace, probably very peacefully. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. 
And do we know if Hillary's going? Hillary, there? I was just about to say Hillary will be there, so she, of course she is. She's she, well, she better she's be there. To get <laughs> Listen, back. She, she yeah. got to be there. She doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Even if she doesn't want to be there, she's got to be there. But it, it should be interesting. It's next week, so uh, I can't wait to find out. Can more information we, uh, what about he going to tweet? I can imagine. Well, here's uh, the last point about this because we I get, feel like we give him too much, you know, conversation anyway. But he made all those statements about. President Obama being the divider of this country, Black Lives Matter and everything is going on, but yet you won't go address these issues. And I agree with you, Courtney, he's a very smart man and this is all strategic, but don't make those pissy-ass statements and then don't go back it up. He doesn't have to. I, I get it. I get, I get what he you're saying. He has not had to back saying. up anything, I, I and he is Can very just, possibly the next president of the United States, I'm, and he has not had I to back up anything. To Toronto. I just want to read this really quickly. It was from the uh, Four Agreements, and it really just read with what's going on. It said, the word is so powerful that one word can change a life or destroy the lives of millions of people. Some years ago, one man in Germany, by the use of the word, manipulated a whole country of the most intelligent people. He led them into a world of war with just the power of his word. He convinced others to commit the most atrocious acts of violence. He activated people's fear with the word. And like a big explosion, there was a killing and war all around the world. All over the world, humans destroyed each other. Humans because they... Because they were afraid of each other, Hitler's word, based on a fear generate, based on fear generated beliefs and agreements, will be remembered for centuries. And I'm just sitting here as I'm reading that, and I was just like, "Oh my God, this is happening right now." But you're not the first person to make the comparison to Hitler. And I mean, like, you know, if you're going to stand in front of a group full of all white people and hold your fist up in, no, not your fist. He's doing the Heil Hitler thing, like literally doing that. So he's he's put himself there. I think he would he would probably say, "Well, Hitler said some good things," you know. I mean that. That's the kind well, of guy he is, which is what's insane. Good luck with that. Well, good luck with and that. All the, and all the political experts, including all of us in this room, are completely baffled. Yeah. Completely baffled. We I mean, there, there's, there's no fact checking. There's no. I agree. We Bring Sarah back. Bring her back. Bring her back. Bring her back. be on a serial box. But I thought that and, uh, was like the height of stupidity in this country. Like some dumb yokel. You're going right. to put her as vice president? Who I can see Russia. Right, she's literally, I'm literally not a bright woman, and now we have not a bright man, a privileged man. Both on reality shows. Yeah, yes. exactly. that, that, I'm glad. That's a good point. That's the point, y'all. That's the point. All right, we're going to have a first lady that can't even speak English or cry out loud. She's an she's an immigrant. Shouldn't we send her back to whatever country she came from? Speaking of first, and we're going to end on something more positive, is uh, Dr. Carla D. Hayden becomes the first African American and first female librarian of Congress. Here are a couple key facts about Dr. Hayden. She was uh, nominated by President Obama earlier this year, according to NPR. She will also be the first appointed to the office under President Obama's new law that has established a 10-year term for the Librarian of Congress. The position was previously a lifetime appointment before President Obama signed the law in 2015. And in addition to her leadership role in the Baltimore Public Library System, Dr. Hayden has also served as the president of the American Library Association and made history in 1995 as the first African-American to be named Librarian of the Year by Library Journal. Wow, that's a lot of libraries. But good kudos to her. Yeah. Black girls and black women rock. Yep. She's killing it. Love hearing this. Another role and, model. Uh, I love the library, by the way. As yeah. a small child. I, 
child. We I literally lived that, in there, spent yeah. my whole life there. Um, it's a great place. And right now, I don't know if you know this, but the Overdrive app con- connects your library card that you have on, on you. Just put it in, put your number, and then you can download free uh, ebooks and free. And it literally shoots you to Amazon. Now you have an option to borrow the book from Amazon through the li- through your library card. So I, I love the library. That app's called what? Uh, Overdrive. Overdrive app, uh, free app. Everything's free. Hooks up. You can download audio books. It's an amazing app. And I love the library for what it brings. I love that there's an African-American black woman running. And if you haven't been to the Library of Congress, LOC.gov website, by the way, if you can't get to the actual place, the website is an amazing treasure trove of stuff. It's been one of my favorite sites for like 15 years. So check it out, everybody. And kudos to her. Kudos to her. Shout out to her. We'll have her on the show one day, hopefully Hopefully. soon. Hopefully. All right, well, that concludes our hot topic here. She's going to be real busy, right? Um, That concludes our hot topics. But we're going to talk about David and his movie All Out Dysfunction, man. Hey. You know, that trailer. We got a trailer, actually, that we want to play a little clip of that. Uh, Zach, you got that queued up for us? You're going to get a little piece of the You're going to get a piece mind. of this. But while he's queuing that up, tell, tell everybody what the film is about. Um, so All Out Dysfunction is a, is a, is a feature that uh, that's releasing nationwide uh, in September. I wrote uh, executive producer and also played one of the leads. It's basically six dysfunctional Hollywood types that all live in a mansion. The only thing that ties them together is they all have rooms for rent on Craigslist. It's basically <laughs> the Hollywood complex, right? <laughs> so you've got like a germaphobe Juilliard, who I play. You've got a 70-year-old landlady. You've got an MIT Punjabi. You've got a webcam porn chick. You've got a gore effects makeup artist and a runway model who's a cokehead and is completely it's so LA. So you put all those people together and it's basically the ensemble piece gone fucking pear-shaped. <laughs> you know, because only in LA and New York where you have bohemian artists that can't afford to live mm-hmm. are we forced to coexist with people we don't give a shit about. Very yeah. So um, that's basically the premise. So it's cocaine, ecstasy, masturbation, porn shoots, nitrous tanks, rape parties, date rape, suicide, no stuff for the kids. Yeah. 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 That doesn't cover your interests out there. Yeah. One of those things. One of those things. things. Yeah. And we're not judging. With all due respect, we're it's not, not everybody's movie, but if you're into that genre of film, now let me just be honest. I mean, we do study the, the human condition. I mean, it's not gratuitous. I mean, it is really good art house cinema. So hopefully. How did you um, get your funding for this? Um, through about nine different investors. Wow, oh, that's okay. impressive. All private investors. That's amazing. Yeah, I joined the Producers Guild uh, this year, but this is my fourth feature film as a producer. I, I, I came to LA and I started producing as an opportunity for myself as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realized that uh, you know this this business is like Smart a casino. Way to go. It's designed to make us fail. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're a minority, and we only fill twelve percent of the talent pool according to the Screen Actors Guild census data. That's a fact. Nothing. So we're yeah. already facing a mountain. So, in other words, we have to be able to commandeer our own careers, create content. Um, One of the things that I try to do with this is... I made a white exploitation style film, but I put brown people in front of the camera. Yeah, you had a hundred. Was it a hundred and twenty people of color in the film? Uh, Eleven or twelve of them African American. Eleven are Latina. Uh, that's. I mean, I got to give you a props for that just alone, man. I, mean, I actually, actually, when I was developing the project, it was very important for me to work with black people. So I actually partnered with the Hollywood Black Film Festival to get black interns to work below the line because unfortunately we're not educated and we can't level the playing field until we can move up and up the ranks. You Know, below yeah. the line and above the line. So I wanted to educate crews, black crews, and minor and, and Latino crews. I don't care what as long as you're brown. Right. You need to learn how to work in the film industry. Right, right, yeah. Wait, are we gonna look at the clip? We're gonna show a little Hilarious. clip right here. Six people with nothing in common. Meet the sex. Oh, boys. Where was it? Meet the addict. 
Can't wait till you guys see this. Meet the landlady. Shoot in the goddamn pool. Meet the mystery. The germaphobe. Smell sex, then, then, then sex is airborne. And the pervert. <laughs> in the style of an orangutan. Living together, all in one house. I am strong like spear. Wow. What's my name? And one of them has an idea. I thought I'd throw a party here tonight. What I care about is my money and my time. You need my help, and I want half. So now what are you going to do about this old lady, Clarell? I don't know. Can we knock her out or something? <laughs> what about Clarell? Scooter said he was going to take care of it. It'll be fine. A dysfunctional day makes all out dysfunction. Yeah, man, coming soon. I feel like I just left the way. Man, that's a that's an exciting trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing that full movie. So, yeah, what were some of the challenges that you had with creating it? Do we have enough time? I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Um, look, I, I take my hat off to anybody that can complete any project, whether it's a short film, web series, or feature film. Um, and when you step up as a producer, especially in the low-budget arena, you take all your skill set, you take all your experience, and you put it in front of you, and then the rest is sort of like predicting the future. Yeah. Because we literally, like, had miracles happen every single day. <laughs> How long was your shoot, by the way? Uh, we shot 96 pages in 11 days. Wow. Just so, just so, just so people yeah. know, that's a lot. That's a like, lot. studio, yeah, we, studio we, movies shoot one to two pages a day. Indies usually do seven to eight, but if we're really trying to get it done, we do 10 to 11 to <laughs> yeah, 12. We, we, we had two 12-page days. Yeah, I bet. Back to back, and we shot in Granada Hills. It was 115 degrees. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and, cool. and we shot single camera red epic. Oh. So uh, it was it was a no-joke shoot, and then we went back and then we we cut the thing together and we didn't cut anywhere like the script so we ended up doing two more day two more 12 hour days of full-on pickups actually there weren't even pickups they're actually production days but sure but you know nonetheless it was like i just went in and i was like you know what i, I want to create a script that that speaks to the human condition that talks about hollywood that's interesting and entertaining that i can do for a micro budget that i can hire my friends in yeah that I can do that is going to put me at the round table of serious independent Did you hire your friends? Um, I did. Good. I did. I hired, well, well there's, there's an interesting thing about that. I hire my friends in key positions, only in key positions if they truly are experts. Sure. Because your friends will take Considerations. Yep. With yes. They'll show, yo, no, hey, Dave's my boy. I'm gonna be yeah. there in 30 minutes, my dude. No, bro. No. This is a real setup. Right. I yeah. would rather hire strangers because, yeah. because strangers won't take concessions. No, that's exactly. why it's true. You don't want to recommend your friends, friends unless you're really, really sure they're, they're awesome do that, and yeah. reliable. And, and, and I will say that this, I, I taft Hartweed. 26 actors. No way. That That's means they can in, get in the union, guys, right. for those who don't know. For those who don't know, it is hard as hell to get is into it the now? union. And it, it, it's not that hard. Yeah, I, I mean, think if it you is. learn, there's, there's, well, yeah. new media made it no, much reason, easier. Oh, wait, 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 Once again, read, y'all. Read. New media changed that for everybody. It's very easy to do. The reason I want to point that out is there's a lot of actors who are like, I gotta do anything to get my Taff Harley and get my SAG card. You don't, actually. It'll come to you at the right time. Yeah. That's what I know. You'll get a commercial, you'll get a thing, you'll get a movie where you're Taff Harley. Sure. And I mean, look, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm really, really blessed. I got distribution without a festival. 
That's um, big. You know, people ask me how you get distribution. It's, it's distributed by Gravitas, and they're the largest distributor of, of digital content in North yeah, America. Yeah, distributed yeah. secret, and so on yeah. and so forth. And like, they, how'd you get how'd you get distribution? I cold called them. I cut a badass trailer. I was like, look, hey man, check me out. And they looked at it, and, yeah. and there it is. And so there it happened. So I did mean, you shot your trailer first, and the, did you do a sizzle reel first to get no, no, your no, financing? I, no, I, you shot this to get the distribution. No, I edited the trailer myself. I wrote the first. Gotcha. I wrote the first draft of the script seven years ago. Oh, wow. so we did an Indiegogo campaign five years ago. Money fell in, money fell out, and then sure. it went flat. So I unfortunately had to go back to people and say, um, "I'm still sitting on your yeah. money, and my movie's not being made." And literally, it just got to the point that my ego got in the way. Mm. <laughs> we got to make this movie come hell or fucking high water. You know, like Craig Brewer said it. Best, by all means necessary. I am not going to take no for an answer. In fact, I want to hear no because if you tell me no, I'm turning right or left. Right. No. That means I can't go straight no more. So give me a reason. Please tell me no. Right. Save me some time, mm. you know, and get it done because we want to inspire people. We want to uplift people. This is real. Like, I wasn't born into Hollywood royalty. Come on, man. I'm a dude from another dude that knew another dude. I mean, it's just, it's just feel that. You feel that. <laughs> you know exactly. Like, let's get it done, people. You know I, what I mean? I feel that. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and for those people who are always asking, how do you get in Hollywood? Listen to this man right there because he right. just explained it. You, you got to work and get your hustle on and stay consistent. Yeah, know? I mean, people will say, you know, how do I get my foot in the door? Yeah. Build a frame and walk through it. Your first door is going to fall apart. You don't know how to bevel edges. You don't know how to sand it down properly. But you build enough doors, and eventually people are going to hire you to build doors for them. Totally. Robert, Robert Rodriguez says you got ten bad films in your system until you start making good movies. So people hurry up and start making bad movies. So <laughs> also, I want to say what I like about this is um, I'm a little over like uh, tentpole-y, um, huge superhero-y things. So I like to see stories. No, I mean uh, they're yeah. fun for what they are. But I actually, you know, came well, to this town people. in the early '90s and did a lot of independent Sundancey kind of movies, and I like uh, storytelling. So I agree. You know, I'm looking so forward to seeing it. We have to wrap, but where can people find out about the movie? Because I know it's you premiere it in. September, yeah. correct? Yeah, we're going to have a big premiere at LA Live uh, at Regal Cinemas oh, in September. Cool. Um, and it's going to be available for pre-order in August on iTunes. We're going VOD, digital, cable across the country. Then we're going to go global with it. We're trying to launch a movement, so please support it. What's the film. website? Uh, yeah. All Out Dysfunction. Just Google All Out Dysfunction. It will come up. Uh, dis- TheDysfunction.com, spelled with a K. And where can, where's your personal social media? That My personal social you? media, uh, DaveBianchi.com, uh, ExertionFilms.com. Um, Instagram is D Bianchi Sag as in Screen Actors Guild and Twitter is at David Bianchi come find me people find that man <laughs> find where can people find you I am everywhere at Stuart Starlet Jesse um, everywhere at DJ Jesse J Rachel uh, on Twitter I'm at Rachel True but please check my Twitter because I'm teaching a workshop um, Healthy Body Healthy Mind workshop in a couple weeks if you're in LA please check my Twitter feed and check it out because if you people won't stop talking about my age come and listen to how I look uh, I don't know not like a decrepit crone crypt keeper <laughs> at my age bye taking care of my body and what I put in it. This one does not age, but uh, you can check me at Daryl Christian on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we will see you next week. Congratulations (laughs) to your movie. We look forward to seeing it. Go check it out in September, everybody. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Daryl Christian, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.